Hello and welcome to the Bearded Mystic Podcast and I'm your host Rahul N. Singh. Thank you for joining today and for taking out the time to either watch or listen to this podcast episode. If you're really interested in supporting the Bearded Mystic Podcast and you've found great benefit in listening or watching these episodes, then please do support this podcast on Patreon where you can get ad-free and bonus episodes along with other benefits depending on the tier that you select. Your support means everything and it really does help the podcast keep running efficiently and smoothly and also widens the audience that this message can reach to. If you would like to know more about it, the details are in the show notes and video description below. On Saturdays at 11am Eastern Standard Time, there is a free virtual meditation session along with discussion and Q&A. If you're interested in meditating with us as a community, then you can find out the details in the show notes and video description below. Please do like, comment and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming app, then please do give this podcast a five star rating. It helps the podcast get up in the charts and allows the algorithm to bring this podcast to new listeners and also do review the podcast if you can and make sure you do follow or subscribe to keep getting future episodes. Today we will be continuing on with this series called Wisdom of the Mystics and as you know last month we looked at the teachings of Ravidasji and today we will be looking at the teachings of Mirabaiji who was also a disciple of Ravidasji. It was from Ravidasji that she was able to see her Lord everywhere. So let's get started with this. And there's lots to grasp from Mirabaiji's teachings. Again, it's through the form of poetry. And we'll go through the poem and then line by line. The first poem. My friend, I went to the market and bought the dark one. You claim by night, I claim by day. Actually, I was beating a drum all the time I was buying him. You say I gave too much, I say too little. Actually, I put him on a scale before I bought him. What I paid was my social body, my town body, my family body, and all my inherited jewels. Mirabai says, The dark one is my husband now. Be with me when I lie down. You promised me this in an earlier life. So this is poetry that takes things to a new level and it's well known in the Bhakti movement to utilize the Lord as your husband and to refer to yourself as the bride, as a seeker, as a disciple, as someone wanting to unite with the husband or with the Lord. Let's go into these lines. They're very hard to understand without context. And what we can understand of Mirabaiji was that she was a princess. She was married to a king and she was part of a royal family, a royal dynasty. And you can imagine if she is carrying a murti of Sri Krishna everywhere and she's saying that this is my husband, that's not going to go down well. But in her devotion, in the fervor of her devotion, this is what she was saying. So she said, my friend, I went to the market and bought the dark one. So she brought a murti of the dark one. You claim by night, I claim by day. She goes, you know, whenever we brought it, it doesn't really matter. Then she says, actually, I was beating a drum all the time I was buying him. So what is that drum? Uh, the way I was trying to think about this, because... 
was thinking, what does this really mean? You know, beating a drum all the time. I was thinking the heartbeat. You know, the heart was beating all the time when I was buying him. And if we think about when our heartbeat is racing and we're going towards somebody we really adore and love, our heart will be racing. We can hear the beat of our heart. And so she's saying that she doesn't know if there's like day or night actually because her heart's beating all the time because she's in that fever of love and devotion towards the dark one. The dark one here is Sri Krishna. And we know that Krishna means the dark one. So she goes, my friend, I went to the market and brought the dark one. You claim by night, I claim by day. Also, the difference here is that night can imply that ignorance or there is something not right with what she's doing. And by day, she's claiming, well, it's in daylight. It's in full illumination that I brought him. The the accusation can be that someone can be accusing her of uh, sleeping away with somebody else. And she's saying, I didn't do that. I did it by day. And everyone can see what I'm doing. I'm worshipping in the day. Everywhere, you know, I go, I'm worshipping this one murti, this of, of Sri Krishna. And then because she brought it and they're saying you're ignorant because you're in darkness, you brought it at night. They claim that you say I gave too much. So they claim that you pay too much for this. This murti is not worth that much value. And she says, I say too little. How can you put some value on my Lord? Is basically is what she's saying. And she says, actually, I put him on a scale before I bought him. Says, you have no evidence of what you're saying. I'm telling you, I put him on the scale. I can tell you, I brought him for too little. He's worth so much more. Then she says, what I paid was my social body, my town body, my family body, and all my inherited jewels. I've given everything to my Lord. That's how much his value is. That's the real value. And then Mirabai says, the dark one is my husband now. What you've done now by saying that I'm sleeping around or you're accusing me of such things, because you're not understanding my Lord and my love for the Lord, my devotion to the Lord, that is my husband now. Do not say that I have another husband. This is what she's saying. So she says, the dark one is my husband now. Sri Krishna is my husband now. And then she says, be with me when I lie down. You promised me this in an earlier life. So she said, in some previous life, you promised me this. Now grant my wish. Lie down with me. So it's a very beautiful poem. Again, showing the love and devotion that happens between the beloved and the seeker, the disciple. And this is what happens, actually when we are in that fever of devotion, when we are really feeling intense love for the one. And it does go beyond social norms. It does go beyond what is seen as acceptable in society. Um, as she says, you know, I've paid my social body now, the social body that I'm a queen. I've sold it. The town body that belonged to this place. I've sold that too. My family body. You say that I'm part of this family. I've sold that too. And all my inherited jewels, the things that is my inheritance. I've sold all that. 
how many of us could do that? That's the question. So Mirabaiji is very wonderful in what she's saying. And what she's doing is she's stating the accusation. Then she's saying, well, actually, this is my evidence. Poem number two. I give my heart without fear to the beloved. As the polish goes into the gold, I have gone into him. Through many lives, I heard only the outer music. Now the teacher has whispered into my ears, and familiar ties have gone the way of weak thread. Mira has met the energy that lifts mountains. That good luck now is her home. She says, I give my heart without fear to the beloved. Who's the beloved? This Brahman. I give my heart without fear. There's no fear left. There's no, I'm not scared. Even if I lose everything, it's fine. Because I have the beloved. And she says, this is wonderful. Look at the line. As the polish goes into the gold, I have gone into him. Think of the intensity here. When the polish goes into the gold, the gold shines. So when Mirabai goes into the Lord, the Lord shines from her. The one shines from her. Brahman shines from her. This is what we need to do. So as the polish goes into the gold, I have gone into him. When we use this knowledge of Brahman, when we use that Brahman and we allow that Brahman use that as a polish, we will enter into Brahman too, realizing we were always in Brahman. We were always in him. Then she says, through many lives, I have, I heard only the outer music. I only heard music around me through many lives. I never learned the inner voice, the inner sound, the inner wisdom. I only heard wisdom outside. There is God outside. There is devotion outside. Then she says, Now the teacher has whispered into my ears and familiar ties have gone the way of weak thread. Now, if you know, if there's a garment that's not sewn properly, we know that that thread breaks easily and that garment is ruined. It, it, it breaks away. Now, she says here, now the teacher has whispered into my ears. So now the whisper has entered into me. No outer music. Now I hear the inner music of the divine. Now I hear the inner music of divinity. Now I am completely absorbed in that sound of the divine. That's what she's talked about. Who's her teacher? Ravi Dasji. And familiar ties have gone the way who I was associated with, who I was attached with, all they they've all gone. They've all they were not strong. Why? Because their way of linking with her, the thread, was weak. It was based on body and mind. But she is looking for that thread which is unbreakable. That cannot be breached. What is that? The thread of wisdom, the thread of Brahmgyan. That's what she's talking about. Then she says, Mira has met the energy that lifts mountains. That good luck now is her home. She's now gone towards that one which can do anything. That is now her home. That's where her abode is. She doesn't need any palace. She ha She's living in the one. Whoever lives in this ultimate reality, do they need anything else? No. Because everywhere is their abode. Everywhere is the divine. Within is the divine. Without is the divine. 
everywhere that surrounds her is the divine, she cannot escape it at all. So this is the beauty of Mirabai's poetry, if you think about it. Let's go to the third poem. Mira dances, how can her ankle bells not dance? Mira is insane, strangers say that, the family's ruined. Poison came to the door one day, she drank it and laughed. I am at Hari's feet, I give him body and soul. A glimpse of him is water, how thirsty I am for that. Mira's lord is the one who lifts mountains, he removes evil from human life. Mira's lord attacks the beings of greed, for safety I go to him. This is so beautiful, such a beautiful poem. And if we think about the devotion here, it's, 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 it's beyond words. It's so beautiful. She says, Mira dances. How can the ankle bells not dance? If she's dancing, obviously the gunguru, the ankle bells are going to dance with her. Because she's moving, they move. Likewise, how can you say that Mira should dance but the ankle bells cannot dance? People get disturbed by seeing the dance of those that cannot hear the music. We've heard this line by Nietzsche. And it's true. She's dancing, why? Out of pure joy. She doesn't need anything. She's in the absorption of the Lord. She doesn't need somebody to give her happiness. She now is experienced that happiness that has no beginning, that has no end, that has no cause. That is Ananda. That is bliss. And she said, Mira is insane, strangers say that. The family's ruined. This is what society will say. Society will call you crazy. Society will say, look, the family's ruined now. Look, they're, they're dancing like mad people. Look at her, the way she's devoted. One way they praise devotion. But if they see it in front of them, then they'll condemn it. That's why people are hypocrites. It's just strangers say that. They don't know me. And people are taking their words seriously. They're strangers. They don't know me. They don't know the family. But they say the family's ruined. They say Mira is insane. They don't know me. They don't know who I am. They haven't asked. They just make these big claims. And she said poison came to the door one day. She drank it and laughed. People tried to poison her. And she just drank it and laughed. The poison is the Lord. The water is the Lord. She says it. I am at Hurry's feet. I give him body and soul. A glimpse of him is water. How thirsty I am for that. She thought the poison was water. So she drank it and laughed. Because why? A glimpse of him is water. How thirsty I am for that. She's laughing. She's in joy. She says, I am at Hari's feet, at the Lord's feet, Sri Krishna's feet, Vishnu's feet. I give him body and soul. This is his body. The Atma is his too. What is mine? That type of surrender is required. That is true surrender. Not saying I've surrendered, but actually surrendering. 
A glimpse of him is water. How thirsty I am for that. A drop. A glimpse of him. A glimpse of the divine is water. She's constantly seeking the divine. You know, that's the the fever of devotion that somebody has. They just want to be consumed by that one. A glimpse is all they want. You know, like those people that are so devoted that they can't wait to meditate in the day. They can't wait to remember this formless. They can't wait to just be in meditation, be in satsang, be in joy, be in the remembrance of this Lord, to read the scriptures There's, and absorb the message of the scriptures, be, absorb the essence of the scriptures, become the scriptures. They can't wait for that. That's true surrender. Then she says, Mira's Lord is the one who lifts mountains. He removes evil from human life. What is evil in front of the Lord? If he can lift mountains, evil is nothing. Just surrender to him and he will lift everything for you. What evil deeds, what evil thoughts, what evil feelings, he'll get rid of it. Just surrender to him. Be one with him and watch how it happens. Then she says, Mira, Lord, attacks the beings of greed. For safety I go to him. He is my shelter. He is my refuge. He is my everything. When people come to attack me, I'm going to go to him. When people are greedy because they think I should give them attention, I'm going to go to the Lord. For safety is with him. Can we say that we feel safe in Brahman? Can we say that when we are in adversity, when we are in fear, that we will go to Brahman? When we are in happiness and joy, are we always remembering we are in Brahman? People of the world can't take devotion. A lot of people don't understand devotion. They think devotion is for mad people. And, you know, somewhat, it's because, unfortunately, people do not understand that you have to be truly intellectual in your understanding of the truth to be truly devotional. So true devotion has a lot of intelligence. But people just see radical emotion. But what they don't see is the pure thoughts and intellect that goes behind that radical emotion the thing is now people even say leave your intellect just be devoted that's wrong too that's not true devotion true devotion says go beyond the intellect that's where devotion is so when we transcend the intellect when we go beyond just book knowledge then there's that devotion that so a lot of people don't understand it Either they think people are too crazy if they're devotional or people who are surrendering but it's an empty surrender. That also is not true devotion. True devotion is when we know what we are devoting ourselves to 
and then becoming one with what we're devoted to. That's devotion. Then, as Ravi Dasji said, and as many say, there's no difference between you and I. What difference? If I put difference, I'm ruining this. I'm sabotaging this. So, as you see here, even in Miraji's poetry, even though this seemingly do appearance of duality, really her teaching is non-dual. She's talking about a full immersion into devotion. And this is what we must try to attain ourselves. Then the fourth poem. My teacher shot an arrow. It passed all the way through. Now its absence burns in my heart, in my restless body. My mind no longer wanders. Love holds it hard. Now I'm chained. Who knows my pain except him? Helpless, unstoppable, crying. Friends tell me, what more can I do? Mira says to her Lord, give me your presence or death. Like I said, this radical emotion comes with radical insight. And Mira Baiji is not just some person with some radical emotion. Her insights are equally as radical. So here, look, she says, my teacher shot an arrow. It passed all the way through. What's this arrow? First Brahmgyan, this knowledge, the seeing of the divine. And it passed all the way through. It wasn't half-hearted. It fully went through me. And then she says, now its absence burns in my heart. Now that arrow is no longer there. My teacher is no longer there. The absence is burning my heart in my restless body. Why is it restless? Because it wants to see the divine, be in the divine, be in the presence of the teacher and the and Brahman. And then she says, my mind, because it shot through the heart, this arrow of Brahman, my mind no longer wonders, love holds it hard. Love has it now. Love has captured it all. Now I'm captured by that love. That love is, is holding me together. Who knows my pain except him? Only the one who I love understands. He knows this pain of separation. He knows this pain of absence. So I'm seeking him again. Come back. She says, helpless, unstoppable crying. Friends, tell me what more can I do? What more can she do? She can't stop crying. Do we seek the Lord in such, with such passion? She's saying helpless, unstoppable crying. She wants that love again. This body wants to seek the Lord again. It's restless. The mind is not wondering. Love holds it. Then she says, Mira says to her Lord, give me your presence or death. This arrow that was shot through the heart was taken out. There is an absence there in the body. That gyan should not have left. So come back. 
you need to stay here. The the mark that you made, you need to stay there. That emptiness, that hole that you've made, you've got to stay there. See, she says, give me your presence or just give me death. Look at the ultimatum to this Brahman, to this Lord. Either you give me your presence or you give me death. How many of us can say this confidently? That Lord, give me yourself or I want to die. I don't want to live another life of just being absent of you. This poem is it's very nuanced. So it requires a very deep understanding and because at one minute she's talking about pain and absence and then the next minute there's a positivity that there's an arrow of the wisdom shot through her heart. Her mind's no longer wandering because love holds it hard. Love has held it together. So there's some positive and then there's some negative. So now she's saying ultimately that this absence that's there you need to feel your presence now in that absence. And if not, this absence is equal to death. So just give me death if that's the case. How many of us can say that? And this is the beauty of Mirya Bhaji's poem. Again, just think. How much are we seeking the Lord? How much do we want the Lord? Do we want it so much that we would rather die if we do not have it? This is the question to ask. This is the question to ponder upon. So the fifth poem. To be born in a human body is rare. Don't throw away the reward of your past good deeds. Life passes in an instant. The leaf doesn't go back to the branch. The ocean of rebirth sweeps up all beings hard, pulls them into its cold running fierce Implacable currents. Giridara, your name is the raft, the one safe passage over. Take me quickly. All the awake ones travel with Mira singing the name. She says with them, Get up, stop sleeping. The days of life are short. Very beautiful poem. Again, I really like this poetry. Uh, I have a strong passion for poetry. And so when I read things like this, it makes me so grateful for the wisdom that has been blessed upon me by my guru, by my teachers. And and this is really the true peak of spirituality. Not everyone understands poetry and then not everyone understands the true meaning of spirituality. And what Mirya Bhaiji is demonstrating here is the true understanding of spirituality and what devotion really means, what it means to really understand the Guru's teachings and how to imbibe them. So the first line is, to be born in a human body is rare. This is really true. This human body is one is amazing because the way it's beyond the animal kingdom is simply because it has the intellect, the intelligence to imagine, to ponder, to contemplate, to philosophize, to spiritualize, to do all those things mindfully, in full awakeness. The, the conscious experience is so special 
We don't know if animals have that, but we know we have that. So right now, if say we don't know about the animals and say they're not aware like we are, then we are very lucky. We, and to be born in this is rare. Now, what to do with it? If it's rare, what do we do? She says, don't throw away the reward of your past good deeds. The reason why you have this human body is because of your good deeds in the past. So you have this once in a lifetime opportunity, once in a universal lifetime opportunity. What are you going to do with it? So don't let go of your past good deeds. The reward of that is that you, you have this human body. So what are you meant to do with it? Then she goes next with a, a bit of a warning. She says, life passes in an instant. The leaf doesn't go back to the branch. That's very true. Once a leaf falls from the branch, does it ever go back up? No. Can it ever be attached again? No. Like that, once life goes from this body, from this human body, that's it. Life cannot come back. You cannot be resuscitated back in. When death has to happen, it happens. Then nothing can save you. Then she says the ocean of rebirth sweeps up all beings hard. Pulls them into its cold running, fierce, implacable currents. You, you, you will be tossed around. You'll be battered. This is what this ocean of rebirth does. And you don't know where you're going to go in the next birth. Will you be human, a human again? Who knows? Will you live in a favorable home? Or favorable circumstances? For example, if you're hearing spiritual teachings, take advantage of this. Don't lose what it can bring to you. I know so many people who go to a spiritual place of worship, that go to a spiritual organization. I know so many of them, but how many of them are truly understanding their Guru's teachings, their scriptural teachings? How many of them? I don't know. I can't say because it seems that people just do not move with the experience. They just get lost in the words. They get more stuck on the finger pointing to the moon than the moon itself that's being pointed to. Instead of looking at Brahman, they're looking at the teacher or the scripture. And they get lost in that. And therefore they don't take advantage of this human body. What's its purpose? To know this one. To go beyond the ocean of rebirth. And he says sweeps all beings hard. It's not nice. It's going to be painful. If you read some parts in the scriptures, they tell you how death is going to be painful if you've not realized your true self. Then she says, okay, there's this ocean of rebirth. How can I transcend it? Then she says, Giridhara, your name is the raft. So this Krishna, this Sri Krishna, this Lord, your name is the raft. The one safe passage over. If I'm to go over this ocean of rebirth, if I'm able to ride through this, these currents that are uncontrollable, that are fierce, that can easily tip over this boat. The only raft, the only boat that it cannot tip over is the name of the Lord. 
So use the name, use the Brahman, use the awareness of Brahman to be your raft, to be your boat, and you will have the safe passage over. And she says, take me quickly. Don't waste a single opportunity. She goes, quickly take me there. I need to be there right now. She says, all the awake ones travel with Mira singing the name. Being aware of the Lord and singing the name of the Lord, they travel over. Only the awake ones, those that are sleeping in ignorance will stay in ignorance. They cannot move, but still, the clarion call will be given. Another call will be given. But here she says, take me quickly. Do not waste any time. As quick as you can get to Jeevan Mukti. Do not waste a single moment. Then she says in the last concluding line, she says, with them, get up, stop sleeping. The days of life are too short. Do not think that you have a whole lifetime. Can you guarantee you'll live to 100, to 75, to 60, to 50? Or whatever. Can you guarantee you'll live till tomorrow? Can you guarantee that you'll live the next moment? No. It doesn't matter if you are the richest person in the world. You cannot buy a single breath. Once your time is done, it is done. So she said, get up, stop sleeping. She says with, with them, with who? The awake ones. They're also saying, get up, stop sleeping, stop being in this deep ignorance that you're in. Life is too short. Go to the one. Utilize this human body. It has the capability of immersing itself in the one, immersing itself in formless awareness. Go to it now. Understand it now. That is what Mirabhaiji is saying and a beautiful poem. And if we understand how short life really is, if we understand that life could end in a single moment we would not waste a single opportunity on spiritual living that's why they say if you're going to be spiritual do it today you know there's a famous advertisement uh, an ad that used to come on in england don't delay claim today that was the line and it was it used to come on in the indian shows mainly on the indian tv channels and it was about some i think accidental thing um, and it would be like, uh, don't delay, claim today. Same thing here. Don't delay your spirituality. Claim it today. Claim Jivan Mukti today. Don't delay it. This is how we need to be. So let's go to the final poem of today. She says, listen, my friend, this road is the heart opening. Kissing his feet, resistance broken, tears all night. If we could reach the Lord through immersion in water, I would have asked to be born a fish in this life. If we could reach him through nothing but berries and wild nuts, then surely the saints would have been monkeys when they came from the womb. If we could reach him by munching lettuce and dry leaves, then the goats would surely get to the Holy One before us. If the worship of stone statues could bring us all the way, I would have adored a granite mountain. Years ago, Mirabai says, the heat of midnight tears will bring you to God.
This is a very beautiful poem, very deep. She says, listen, my friend, this road is the heart opening, the road ahead of you. This road of spirituality is of the opening of the heart. Your devotion will open within. She says, kissing his feet, resistance broken, tears all night. Kissing his feet meaning kissing the feet of this Lord, this one, or the Guru. And normally we resist from bowing, from surrendering. And she's saying the resistance is broken, I'm surrendered completely. And tears all night, full of emotion, this is all she wants. My heart is opening to the Lord and I'm not resisting anymore. Tears all night. That's the level of intensity, the true desire for the one. Then she says, If we could reach the Lord through immersion in water, I would have asked to be born a fish in this life. Many people take a dip in the Ganges. Many people take a dip in holy rivers and they say, you know, or people get baptized in water and they say, you know, I'll be enlightened that way. That's how we'll get to the Lord if we keep dipping in the uh, in the Ganges or in the rivers. And she says, if it's to be in the river, then I'll just be born as a fish. Then I'm living in the water all the time. Then that's the way I'd reach the Lord. Logically, it makes absolute sense. You see, these mystics, they get us away from blind rituals and they make us become awakened to true spirituality, which is to be fully awakened to the truth right here right now so there's no point just dipping in the ocean and thinking oh yeah i'll get to the lord dipping in the ganges oh yeah i'll get to the lord says that's not going to get you to god then she said if we could reach him through nothing but berries and wild nuts then surely the saints would have been monkeys when they came from the womb Again, true, people say, you know, only eat a sattvic diet. They said, if you're going to eat a sattvic diet, then you would have been a monkey, you would have been a gorilla. That's how you would have come out of the womb. The very saints that we're inspired by, they were human beings. They were monkeys. So just to say eat berries and wild nuts is not good. If that's the case, being they should have been born as monkeys. Think about this logically. If diet was a way to get you there, then even animals should have reached. And she doesn't stop there. She says, if we could reach him by munching lettuce and dry leaves then the goats would surely get to the Holy One before us. You're saying by diet, we will get to the Lord. She's saying this is wrong. To say that will get you to the Lord. She's not saying that these things do not help you. But she's saying that to say that you need to do these things to get to uh, the formless, that she's denying. And I agree with her completely because only through wisdom, only through devotion can we get to the one. But she doesn't stop there, even that diet. 
So first she says by doing these dips in the Ganges is not enough. Then she says diet is not going to get you there. Then she says, if the worship of stone statues could bring us all the way, I would have adored a granite mountain years ago. What's the point of just worshipping stone statues? This is Mirabhaiji Sangha who carries Sri Krishna. The idol of Sri Krishna, the murti of Sri Krishna with her. So she says if the worship of stone statues could bring us all the way, all the way to the divine, to reach us to Jiva Mukti, to enlightenment, to the peak of wisdom, then she said I would have adored a mountain. What's the point of going through one part of a mountain? Logically it makes sense. See, I would have started years ago and worshipped the mountain. Why am I now looking at a murti? Why am I now looking at a stone statue? If How's a stone statue going to get me there? A mountain is much better. A mountain is much bigger. Then she says, and concludes, and this is a beautiful way to end this. Mirabai says, the heat of midnight tears will bring you to God. Remember in the beginning, she said, Listen, my friend, this road is the heart opening, kissing his feet, resistance broken, tears all night. Then she ends with Mirabai says, The heat of midnight tears will bring you to God. If you really want to seek the truth, Seek this ultimate reality to seek Nirgun Brahman. Then it's the heat of those tears. That heat of that devotion that's going to burn up all the resistance. That's going to burn up all the obstructions, the obstacles. And that will bring you to this formless. Your true raw emotion is going to bring you to the Lord, is what she's saying. And that's absolutely true. If we are to be truly devoted, it's only when we are truly immersed in remembering. And if for a second, if we entertain that there's a duality, that I feel I'm separate to Brahman, then please burn that separation through tears. Seek the divine. It's only through this human body that you will find it. And this is Mirabhaiji's message. And we'll end the episode here. But just to conclude, Mirabhaiji's poetry, although some may argue has some level of duality I can honestly say there's nothing but non-duality in this and there's so much we can grasp so much we can attain all we must simply do is find that devotion within us find a teacher surrender our heart and our mind to the teacher to the wisdom to the Brahmgyan and then understand that there is nothing but divinity right here, right now. And that is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you liked what you heard and liked what you watched, 
please do share this podcast with your friends and family who may enjoy this content. Do follow me on social media to keep getting updates. Join the Bearded Mystic Podcast WhatsApp community group to continue the podcast discussion. Details are in the show notes and video description below. If you would like to support the Bearded Mystic Podcast as we discussed earlier, do check out the podcast Patreon page. Your support means everything and it helps this podcast keep running. Details are in the show notes and video description below. Please do rate this podcast five stars and do give a review either on your favorite podcast streaming app or on our website. Details are in the show notes and video description below. Please do like and comment on this video and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Do follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Let's end with the Shanti Mantra and the Soham Mantra. Soham, Soham, I am that, I am that. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Peace, Peace, Peace.